Hello, barbarians, and welcome back to our Waterdeep campaign. Thanks for listening. This is Rainy. I'm Santiago. And we're going to pick up right where we left off. Laika had just escaped from the crazy screaming woman demanding gold for information. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't put up with that shit. And <laughs> kind of leaving the alleyway, you had noticed a sewer cover mm-hmm. as the woman was screaming for the guards. Right. And you know you have to get into the sewers. Right. To find the path that was taken when Floon was really, I mean, stolen from the Zentarim by Xanathar's guild. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you remember the signs that the Kenku told you to look for in the sewers? In the sewers? Yes. No. They said to follow the yellow signs. I am reminding you, I think it's fair because it's been a while since we played. It has been a hot minute. But I have my handy notebook here, so maybe it's in here. All right. So while you look for that, I do want to do our pre-game announcements. Okay. So I just want to say a huge thank you to Alan. He's one of our new patrons on Patreon. And he's at a level where he gets to make an NPC for one of our games. Okay. And I gave him the options of like everything that's even coming up. I gave him some like inside football sort of information. Wow. And what's interesting is Alan chose to make an NPC for our offline abyss game. What? Yeah. So I think it's going to be a huge surprise for our players because they're not going to expect that. I mean, I'm not expecting that. Yeah. So. <laughs> so the cool thing for those of you that listen to the podcast, but maybe don't know about our YouTube channel is on YouTube, you can find um, like audio videos of all of our podcasts if you prefer to listen there. But you can also find videos that I do um, from Twitch or um, I do recap videos for our offline games. And I think Alan actually found us through our Out of the Abyss recap videos. Nice. So yeah, we just want to say thank you so much to Alan for supporting us and helping us make content. Um, It's patrons like Alan who at that level like really do a lot to help us get the extra books we need and make more stuff. And I'm really hoping that over the summer, we can really ramp up some of our game with that, especially if you guys have looked at some of my recap videos. I've even come a long way in the first couple with my video editing skills. You get to see that evolution. And also, it's more enjoyable now. So so um, I can't wait till our first recap where we got get to talk through Alan's NPC. Man. And what happened with the party meeting this mysterious character? We really need to get after all this because there's so much awesomeness to look forward to. I mean, we have the Expanse Fireside coming up. There's more Water Deep. I love playing Laika. And then there's all the new shit that dropped today, too. That's so much stuff to look forward to. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So I want to play all the games all the time. <laughs> Yeah, that's the nice thing about doing this. It gives us an excuse to really jump into a lot of these things that we may not make the time for otherwise. I mean, do what Kevin Smith says, like make a podcast. It's awesome. I'm not going to be mad at you. I don't think of you as competition. I love good podcasts. I will listen to your podcast. Yeah. It's fine. Hit us up. We'll help you get started. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So you have your notebook ready? Uh Uh-huh. 
again. I do. Thank you, Alan, so much. Yeah, thanks, Alan. That's uh, super awesome of you. If you found us through the um, Out of the Abyss recap, recaps are one of Rainey's specialties. So you're in the right place. But that said, also, thanks, man. Really helps. Yeah, I know people um, were really digging my Roll20 tutorials and stuff like that. So I'll probably dig into that a little bit more over the summer as well. Those were super popular. Here's how you make awesome stuff happen in Roll20. Boom, boom, boom. Super easy. And there's so many new features coming out and stuff, so I think it'll be fun. Yeah. Just your dynamic lighting one. I mean, playing in a game where you did that was super awesome. Everyone around the table was like, what? What's happening? This is crazy. Yeah. And there are was, some really fun I mean, features. And I want to yeah. start looking into um, some of the other tabletop options as well to see how they compare and stuff like that. Hmm. Because that's the hardest thing. Like, if you do have to run a game online... Is figuring out which tool makes sense for you, especially when cost is involved. Like, which ones have the right tools for the right price? So I really want to start digging into that a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, you could do reviews and comparisons and stuff like that. I think that would be really helpful, just community-wise. Yeah, I think for maybe when we get into Dungeon of the Mad Mage, where it's a little bit more map-heavy. Because I can be mean and do like we're doing now, where I make you draw your own maps. Where I just describe a room, but I don't show you anything. Oh, yeah. Fair enough. But for a dungeon of a mad mage, like one level of that dungeon is like bigger than any map in Mm D&D. So it's a, it might be worth it for us to look into one of those solutions as a way to handle that a little bit easier for you. Mm -hmm. All right. But anywho, that's assuming you live that long. True. So which I will. Laika's going to live forever. Laika isn't... She's an immortal being. She's just going to hit level like whatever. She's going to go third edition style where you get to a a certain level where you just become a demigod. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Basically. It's fine. It's fine. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So you recall the Kenku in their mimicry. You heard them say in a very distinctive voice to take, you know, the prisoner down into the sewers and to follow the yellow signs. So that's what you're looking to do. Okay. So I really only have a second. I have to see if I can get into the sewer. If I recall correctly, like there's the, 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 the manhole cover basically over there and yeah. I have to run over and see if I can get into it. Yes. So okay. you do see the cover for the sewer. All right. You did spot that with your exceptional noticing abilities (laughs) all right yeah uh i'm gonna dash over there and see if i can't pry that manhole cover open i don't don't know my strength is very low so if this is a strength thing uh deck might be stacked against me but if there's a way that i can employ my you know, brain in this and use like leverage or something that I might be able to. So we'll, we'll see. She's going to just see if it's easy first. She is. I'm not very uh, much of an overthinker when it comes to this sort of thing. All right. So you are currently right at the intersection at the end of candle lane. You can still hear the woman screaming for the guards that Mm -hmm. some little green creature has (laughs) taken her purse. (laughs) Right. Which you didn't do. That's true. She is evil. But But you you do know know that the guards were heading towards that warehouse where you were, where they were being distracted Mm -hmm. 
by the young Lord. Right. So what would you like to do? A dash to the uh, manhole cover. See if I can prize it from its fittings so that I can delve into the sewers. Where okay. I'll be pretty comfortable, I think. So kind of sticking your fingers into the grooves around the outside where kind of like tools are meant to mm-hmm. grasp it. Yeah. You find that this lifts quite easily. What? And reveals a well-maintained ladder leading down into the sewers below. Oh, geez, there's some kind of mechanism here. Is uh, Scratch Lone Hop still like with me? He's yeah. like right, right mm-hmm. by my side? Yes, okay, so I'm not talking to myself when I remark that there must be some kind of lift mechanism. And he nods and says, Lift mechanism. <laughs> I'll give him kind of a sardonic look, narrow of eyes. And as, as we approach the shadowy sewers, my eyes tend to gather what light there is, I think, mm-hmm. as they glow a little bit. So since there's a well-maintained ladder... I'd like to give this whole uh, entrance uh, a, a quick trap check. See if there's some traps. Right. See if I can't... I'll let you make a quick investigation check. I'm not going to give you disadvantage, but you can't have advantage either because there are guards potentially heading this way. You need to hurry. I'm just really going through the motions at this point. All right, but <laughs> I did roll a mod 20, just saying. A dirty 20. A dirty 20. I love it. It's a thing now. Stamp it. It's already a thing. (laughs) It's like a tabletop thing. Oh. Otherwise known as a gentleman's 20. Wow. I'm learning so much (laughs) that I didn't know. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. So dirty 20. Okay. Or an unnatural 20, as we tend to say at our table, or a gentleman's 20. But yes. I thought we said mod 20 at our table. Yeah. I say unnatural 20. I think you say mod 20. But I yeah. do. Well, from now on, I'm saying dirty 20. That's amazing. <laughs> it's a dirty 20. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, I would say that's probably the most common term for it. How did I not know this? Because you, you could, don't list, I don't mean, play on the internet. I got, geez, yeah. You could just about squeeze what I don't know about this shit into the Grand Fucking Canyon. I mean, Laika would know about it. Laika like, would. I've been in enough gambling tables. <laughs> yeah, I know. This is a dirty 20. Laika's <laughs> uh, awesome. Okay. All right. So you look at the ladder and it's obvious that the reason it's so well maintained is not because this is an obvious trap of any kind, but because this and probably many of these sewer openings in this city are actively and commonly used for many types of business. Hmm. Nefarious deeds under cover of darkness. Okay. Well, no need to stand on ceremony. And she will dive down the ladder, like literally head first, climbing down the ladder. All right. Go ahead and make an acrobatics check. Yes. Just to make sure that goes the way you <laughs> want it to. That's what I was looking for. Hell yeah. All right. So um, that did go off of my rolling pad, but right. that's okay because it didn't land wonky. Right. No jack dice. But that is an eight. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, it's not as graceful as you want it to be. And you do splash into the putrid stream that's flowing down below. But because of your small size, you kind of just cannonball into it. So you don't hurt yourself, 
but it is horrible. Oh, no. And you notice that Scratch much more carefully descends the ladder, knowing that flight is not possible. And as Scratch goes down the ladder, you notice that the sewer cover closes silently. That's what I was going to check. I was going to be like, what's up with that sewer cover? And it automatically just silently, slowly closes like one of those fancy toilet seats you can buy at Costco. Yeah. Okay. That like all of our toilets in our house are... So fancy. So fancy. Like when, you, when you put the toilet seat down, you have to have your pinky out. Yeah. Don't, doesn't everyone drink tea in the bathroom? Come on. I mean. So your eyes, you have dark vision. Yes. And your eyes begin to glow a soft golden color, mm-hmm. reflecting the yellowish putrid stream that you've landed in. Oh, And you can see that the tunnel is pretty linear in this area. It goes in two directions. A left or right, ahead or behind, however you want to think of it, mm-hmm. depending on how you landed. Um, in one direction, though, you do notice a tiny symbol drawn in the wall, on the wall in yellow chalk, a palm-sized circle with 10 equidistant spokes radiating out from its circumference, a symbol you saw in the warehouse as well. Okay. So the first thing I'm going to do is take off my signature hand wraps because they have just become irrecoverably soiled. I'm going to discard those and replace them shortly. But before I do, I'd like to take my scarf off of my head that I use to keep my hair in check and my ears back and out of the way and and so on and wring it out clean it out the best I can, see if it's still, if it's salvageable, because, you know, uh, I'm thinking to myself, gosh, I really got to think this kind of thing through. It's gross. <laughs> so doing all of that, you think that back at your room, at the yawning portal, these are probably still salvageable with a bit of washing. Yeah, and your backpack, especially because of your job as a bounty hunter, like having to traverse various terrain and cities and various weather and things like that, is a like a roll-top bag that's pretty waterproof. Mm-hmm. So you're not that concerned that you landed in some muck. Right. I mean, everything else is going to be pretty much okay, you know. Mm-hmm. The short sword, the daggers, everything else, it has all of its you know, sealed, uh, scabbards and so on. And the backpack, like you say, all the armor and boots and other clothes, that's all waterproof designed for hard wear and city living and And traveling and so on. And super maintained because I don't buy new stuff. I buy quality shit at the outset and then just maintain it forever. Um, but there's things that you just, you know, that once they get dirty, like your headscarf and your hand wraps, it's like... Well, okay. So I don't know if I have a spare scarf in my backpack. I think probably, but definitely spare hand wraps. Right. So no, we're I think just that's all fair. Cleaning up a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, because I landed in some muck. And, and, you know, I am a little fastidious when it comes to this. I don't really like getting super dirty. So, you know, don't, don't you know, make a mistake. I'll get all the way down on the ground with you. I'm already there basically because I'm like three feet tall. But, you know, just 
she's she's kind of cleaning up a little bit from her mishap. Yeah, that's fair. So <coughs> you take a moment to kind of switch things out, make sure that you are all put together. You see the first yellow marking that you think you're looking for. So at least right now you have a direction. Now, how high is this up off the ground? Is this a marking that I can reach? It would be like you could probably jump and touch it, um, but it's definitely out of your normal reach. It's kind of standard humanoid height. How about scratch? Can scratch reach it? Oh, easily. Okay, cool. I will ask scratch digging around in my one of my numerous belt pouches for my little piece of chalk that I have and finding it I'd like to take it out hold it out to scratch and point with my chin towards the symbol and say to scratch hey do you think you can make a little mark on that symbol just so we know it's one we've seen before and he kind of bobs his head at you and grabs the chalk And above the symbol, so it'd be a little bit harder maybe for other people to reach, he makes a small mark that you guys can notice. Yeah, something that would jump out to us, but be really unobtrusive to someone who's not looking for it. So, all right, cool. All right, good job. Hold my hand out for the the chalk. It's passed back down to you. Drop it in with his deft beak. Stash it back in its pouch, and away we go. We're underway. As as I wrap my hands with new fresh, fresh boxers wraps. Okay. So you continue along the sewer, which has many branching paths. And what you notice is that as you continue along at every place where the path forks in any way, there is another symbol leading down one of the paths. And you can actually see where the Dung Sweepers Guild has like brushed and cleaned off old marks and they've been redrawn more recently. Ooh, okay. So at every mark, we need to make our little chalk mark. Right. Which I feel like Scratch and I would fall into a comfortable pattern with mm-hmm. that, where every time we come, we automatically stop. I automatically hold the chalk out. He automatically takes it in his beak and automatically makes the little mark. And then as soon as we notice that the Dung Sweepers Guild is cleaning these off, not necessarily on purpose, just as a matter of course, you know, overlap with their daily duties. Right. Um, I would say to Scratch to hey, be careful. You don't want to put our mark where it's going to get scraped off. We don't know how long we're going to need this. Right. And you see Scratch reaching up even farther to put the little mark. Oh, stretching out his long old bird neck. (laughs) Awesome. Cool. All right. So you actually follow these signs for about an hour, you think. Wow. Through this maze-like, like, under city that's down here. Wow, are, are there any denizens or people, shops, shelters? You haven't shelters? encountered anything so far. Okay. It seems very well cleaned and maintained. Like the Dung Sweepers Guild is probably in any given part of the this area of the sewer every few days. Wow. So it is really well maintained. You actually don't even see a lot of vermin down here. That's good because rats are freaking terrifying. However, after about an hour, you do get to an intersection you can see 
that this is a place where there's another ladder leading up to another sewer grate. Um, you can see that there are a couple of different paths as well. And one of them, a fresh yellow chalk symbol of that circle is being actively drawn by a floating spherical grapefruit-sized creature with a bulging central eye and four stumpy eye stalks. Oh, okay. And it's as it's scraping this symbol onto the wall, it looks at you with at least two of its eye stalks. And then the main eye turns towards you what? and it bears the teeth in its little mouth. I don't have a chance to hide or anything. You did not specify oh, that you were being sneakily man, down why, this you know, pathway. Why? There was an abandoned sewer tunnel. <laughs> I guess we just came around a corner and boom, yep. there's a beholder. Okay. Well, it's not a beholder. It's grapefruit sized. Oh. Beholders are very big. There's oh. a little guy. There's a little guy. This is called a gazer. Oh, okay. Yeah. There are many floating eye creatures. Can't, you're just being racist right now. I am. They all look the same to right? me. That's all messed right. up. So I need you to roll initiative. Hmm. So this is a gazer. Yes, it is. Is there a laser gazer? Uh, you're about to find out. <laughs> is there a laser gazer, Bobazer? <laughs> all right. So, I mean, you know, my initiative is just like, you know, a 21. Oh, wow. Okay. Nothing fancy. So like a 21. That makes sense with your dexterity and everything. Gazer did not do so well. And let's see how Scratch did. Actually, do you want to roll and then I'll check Scratch's stats to see how they did? Oh, do you want me to roll for Scratch? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm into it. Let's do it. Okay. That was a five okay, for I'll Mr. Scratch. A, okay, cool. That all sounds great. Let me get a new color for some HP, as we call it. So you didn't have a chance to hide. You didn't have a chance to sneak, but you are the fastest creature you know. That's true, I am. So even in a situation like this, where you're caught a little off guard, it's not unusual that you get to act first. So what would you like to do? It's not unusual to be stabbed by anyone. So we are going to break out our daggers, dash up, and see if we can sink them into that little big eye in the <laughs> middle of this thing. <laughs> so, once, uh, you know, I'm not really very vocal. I'm not, I don't have any barbarian friends, so I don't do the whole, like, nah, charge thing. The only sound you hear is the pitter-patter of tiny boots and gritted many, many teeth as she charges up to leap up and stab with right. the dagger. Go ahead and make that roll. Here we go. She's using a dagger. Should use a short sword, but, you know, daggers are just so much quicker. Okay, 15. That will hit. Fantastic. Now then, my next question is, um, do we get a sneak attack dice on this? So I think because you're still early level, probably not. It was not surprised 
you did you weren't stealthed or anything. Yeah. You guys aren't flanking or anything like that where you can justify it that way. I do know at a certain level, depending on your build, you can get an ability where as long as you act first, you get sneak attack damage, but I don't think you have that right now. No, I don't have that yet. Yeah. So this would just be regular damage then. Yeah. Because I need to have advantage Mm -hmm. on the attack roll. Okay, cool. So that's just going to be 1d4 plus 3. All right. Four damage. I will say, I mean, not to help you or anything. But if you have two weapons, I do. You can use your bonus action to attack with your offhand. I also have two weapon fighting. Okay. So that's what's gonna you know happen next. I mean, just to remind you. Right. So that's just my other stab, right? That's yeah, with whatever your other weapon is. It's not a separate attack. It is a separate attack. Oh, it is. You mm-hmm. roll. Like... You roll and everything. You just don't add your modifiers in the same way. Oh, okay. So yeah. you just roll another d20. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's interesting. All right. Well, that is in 12. Uh, that will not quite make it. Not going to get there. Okay. So because you didn't have as much plan time as you normally like to have for your opening strike, you didn't quite get the full array. Plus, you're having to jump pretty far to hit this thing. <laughs> yeah. So you kind of hit it really solidly on the way up. And then as you're falling down, you try to swing with your other weapon, but it kind of whiffs right underneath it. Yeah, you, you go for the kind of like slash stab sort of uh, attack because that's a real natural motion to make. And the slash probably lands really nicely, but then the stab, you're, you're, you're falling and you miscalculated your arc. And so you kind of whiff on that one a little bit, I think. So you didn't roll great for Scratch. But with Scratch's modifier, technically did better than what the Gazer rolled. So, Scratch will get to go next. And you haven't shouted any commands or anything. So, by default, Scratch just sort of follows suit. Unless you're, like, kind of letting him know something more specific you'd like him to do. Oh, okay. Okay? That, that's good. That's good to know because, you know, I could be like, back me up, Scratch. Or I could say, get him! Or something or like, like that. you know, like, can you slow him down or whatever? Because <laughs> remember, druids have a lot of crowd control and healing. So keep in mind the very versatile. I'm not I'm biased, but I love druids. <laughs> totally not biased, but I love druids. <laughs> um, so following your lead, even though Scratch doesn't have to jump to hit the gazer, still does. <laughs> um, and gives a good slash with uh, the scimitar that carries nice. with him. And I mean, so that will be okay. A human Five size, damage. Raven bird with a scimitar. Mm-hmm. I can't think of anything more terrifying. <laughs> and so this thing, which was, I mean, literally using one of its eye stalks to draw in chalk on the wall, has no obvious weapons. Um, is bleeding profusely. This kind of exotic looking blood, it's not quite red. It's sort of an iridescent color. Hmm. You notice as it as it bleeds its own blood. Some kind of ichor. But it is the gazer's turn and it is still alive. So it will turn towards you. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to actually have you... Roll 1d4 
to see which one of its eye rays is activated. <laughs> nice. Right, that would be eye ray number three. Okay. Uh, go ahead and make a dexterity saving throw, please. Dexterity saving throw. Crash. Okay. Gross. It's a nine. All right. So you see two of the eye stalks sort of charge up, one of them dropping the piece of chalk that it was holding. Um, and it fires two icy beams, one towards you, one towards Scratch. Scratch leaps out of the way, splashing through the putrid water, in quotes, um, <laughs> moving out to the side. Um, but as you're distracted by Scratch's movement, you don't quite get to, to leap out of the way in time. It is a laser gazer. It is a laser gazer. Oh, man. Um, let's see here. And that is going to be 10 cold damage. We, what? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I only have nine hit points. All right, so you go in contrast. <laughs> yeah, so that kind of zaps me uh, down yeah. to uh, negative one. <laughs> well, you don't go negative in, in fifth edition. So you're going to go to zero. Mm-hmm. But you are unconscious now. Here's the cool thing about D&D Beyond, that I put that damage in and it just flips me over to death saves right. automatically. Which is nice, right? So that's pretty cool. So it is your turn next. So you will make your first death saving throw. My first death save. Right. Remind me again how that works. I've never had to do this before. As <laughs> no, recklessly I as I play. <laughs> so I rolled so, a five. So okay. I don't know. So I can tell you that's... That's not so good. Uh, so a death saving throw, you want it to be 10 or higher. Okay. To cool. be a success. Otherwise, gotcha. it is a fail. To be fair, you didn't crit fail, so it's only one failure. Got if it. If you crit fail, it's two. Okay. Okay? Cool. All right. So you're unconscious. Mm-hmm. Scratch goes into, like, feathers start flying. <laughs> there is, like, Kenku squawk screeching. It's this is obviously a bad time. And let's see if <laughs> if Scratch can hit. Scratch can hit. All right. And so Scratch leaps in, scimitar whirling, feathers flying into this putrid waste of the of the tunnel that you can are barely aware of around you, and cuts this little grapefruit-sized laser gazer down <laughs> and then runs over to stabilize you. Oh, wow. He slices it with the old scimitar. All right. So you are stabilized, so you no longer have to make death-saving throws. And there are no other enemies in this area. So Scratch is taking some time. He's shoving some good berries down your mouth, and we're <laughs> going to cast some spells. <laughs> Um, you said you have 10, you have nine hit points, nine hit points. Yeah. Yeah, So, um, basically just with good berries, he's able to get you back up to full because he has 10 and he only gave you one earlier. (laughs) Um, so you are back up to full health. Oh, okay. Because you have so little of it and you get 50 experience points for almost dying. Well, for getting a good attack in and having Scratch help you. So that XP is halved from its normal value. All right. 
But it is, that creature is very powerful. And obviously, I mean, kind of getting a little bit into the weeds with it. This is an encounter that a party is supposed to deal with. Wow. Yeah. I I can't cut it down because it's only one creature. I could have modified what the creature was. I was not expecting to be hit for 10 hit points. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, at level one. No, Frost Ray does 10. It's That's um, crazy. Yeah. yeah. And to be fair. To be fair. That's the only ray it has that does damage. And, and that's the one you roll. <laughs> a dex saving throw should, should be, be your good my one. forte. And it a, is. Especially because the DC is only 12. Right. It's super is good. I have plus five to dex saving throw. Right. I just rolled like shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, here Which we go, happen. bitch. Boom. I just wasn't. Four. I didn't put the bumpers on for you. <laughs> you know. It's all right. That's okay. I, I mean, I'm not. For the record, let the record show. I'm not mad at that. It's just, that was surprising and actually surprising in a cool way. You know, I think, I think that's actually really cool. I mean, I love Leica and everything. I'm just not one of those players that's like super precious about my characters and stuff. Right, right. No. I am going to still be in first person though, cause she's awesome and I want to <laughs> be her when I grow up. <laughs> All right. How are you, um, as far as progress towards your level, what's your XP at right now? I'm at 125 okay. out of 300. Yep. Which so. you know already, I'm just trying to make it easy for you in case you didn't have that information in front of you. So you guys have taken a moment, um, the equivalent of a short rest. So you've had a chance. Um, Scratch has used good berries to revive you. You've had a bit of a short rest, um, if that helps you in any way. And you, again, are in an area where there is now this no longer floating body of the gazer. There are two tunnels, one of which has the chalk icon that the gazer was drawing. Uh, It's dropped piece of chalk is there. And then there is a ladder leading up to another sewer. So this is a yellow piece of chalk. Yes. Because I have a white piece of chalk. Right. But the symbols are drawn in yellow chalk because they're yellow symbols in the sewers. So definitely pocket that yellow piece. All right, you now have a yellow piece of chalk. With, oh, this could come in handy. And you have D&D Beyond, so feel free to add it if you want to. You know, we got to add that to the old uh, inventory. I mean... I mean, it won't be an item that you can manage, but you can add a custom one. It's not a big deal. You know, I mean, I do have chalk one piece in my inventory. Oh, you can put two pieces and then you can make a custom note that says one's white and one's yellow. Okay. You'll notice like if you click on it, your notes will show up in that window now. Yeah, it does. Okay. Awesome. Yay. Hooray. Okay, cool. All right. So like I said, you have three options. Uh, The regular tunnel, the tunnel that the gazer was drawing the icon on, the yellow symbol, and the ladder up. Hmm. Let's check out the ladder. Let's go up. Okay. Climbing the ladder. Are you just climbing up and pushing it open and seeing what's around or describe to me your approach? I'll climb up the ladder like normal. Mm -hmm. There's really no need to try to sneak up the ladder at this point, I don't think. But when you get to the hatch, I think it's definitely uh, important to to, um, ease the hatch open just a fraction of an inch Mm -hmm. and see where we are 
get our bearings. All right. Do you want to do like a stealth check or an investigation check? Like, what do you think is more fitting? Oh, we're being sneaky about it. Okay. It's like listening at the door. Sure. So So let's make a stealth check. It's definitely sneaky. So let's see what happens. Okay. I just love rolling fives tonight. So that's a 12. Okay. So you quietly open this sewer cover up just a little tiny bit that allow you to kind of look around with your dimly glowing eyes as you survey your surroundings. And you see that you're not outside on a street like you were at the sewer cover that you opened to get down here. What you open it up into looks like a storage room or a cellar for a place. You assume it's probably a business based on the like volume of things that are down here, but it smells of like fish and stale beer. Mmm, fish. My stomach kind of rumbles at the oh, roll for scent initiative. No, of I'm just fish. <laughs> it's a little tiny goblin tummy rumble. So, you know, right. It's yeah. very small. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll look down the ladder and motion for Scratch to come along in a, uh, hey, let's check this out kind of gesture. Okay. And I will continue to sneak up out of this hatch okay because we have to investigate this area where we are sure thing because it, it could be we don't know if the gazer was marking the tunnel to go here or to continue down the hallway no it was obviously in one of the tunnels hmm. yeah oh the marking you can certainly okay. survey this to see what this exit may be though yeah let's see where this goes just so we know all right so I'm going to have you go ahead and make either an investigation or a perception check. Your choice. Mm, well, if it's my choice, it's going to be perception. That is a nat one. Oh, dang. Your senses are overpowered with the scent of fish as your little tiny goblin stomach rumbles. <laughs> and you are almost lead cartoon style on the wafty odors towards a barrel that has pickled fish, which are your favorite. And you can smell from here that it's not only pickled fish, it's pickled fish with onions. Oh man. Well, let's dip into that. I mean, if we're going to go down this route, let's commit. (laughs) So let's make sure and grab a few of those looking around for a conveniently placed, you know, uh, newspaper or flyer or what have you, if anything to, uh, put them in. So I can have a little snack while I look around. So kind of looking around, um, you do find a soggy piece of paper. And the piece of paper seems to be a menu. Hmm. Okay. For a location, a tavern of some kind called the Spouting Fish. I see. That might be where we are. And you um, are able to gather, I'll say the equivalent of two rations of pickled fish and onions. Well, they're not going to last long, so I'm not going to bother adding them because she's going to eat them right now, (laughs) biting the head right off of one of the pickled fish and crunching it noisily with delight. I'll say to Scratch, holding up like... So she wrapped the two fish right. in the piece of paper, but on the corner, you can still kind of see uh, the, the, the trailing half of the name, you know, the, the spouting trout or whatever it was. Right. And, uh, and around this mouthful of uh, fish heads, 
<laughs> like uh, I'll say to Scratch, "Where my looking at right now?" All right. So you're not trying to be sneaky, nah. but kind of like the equivalent of a luck roll. I'm gonna have you make a stealth check with disadvantage. All right. Just to see if anyone happens upon you down here. Let's see what happens. Okay. I got a 10 and a 2, so lowest one at 9. Okay. So now, you get pretty lucky as you're eating, your ears sort of adjust and you do hear sort of the noise upstairs. It does sound like you're in the cellar of like a tavern or a bar of some kind. Okay. Yeah, I, f- I feel like we're in the cellar of uh, a bar. Yeah. <laughs> or a and tavern of some kind. You notice kind. that like the sewer cover that you came up from is sort of like the drain for this cellar room. All right. You know, I uh, I can't say that I'm disappointed we took this little detour, but I don't think this is where we want to be, Scratch. So with that, I'll motion for Scratch to follow me back down the hatch as I toss the last of the fishtails down the hatch. Okay. So moving back into the sewers, the remaining two tunnels are the kind of plain one and the one where the gazer was drawing the symbol. Cool. So we're going to go down the uh, marked tunnel following our familiar routine of having Scratch mark the, uh, the symbol. And I'll try to cover my fishy onion burp with a, uh, a diminutive hand. <laughs> And along we'll go. All right. The main sewer tunnel that you're following expands into a circular hub. And you notice that there are arrow slits carved into the outer walls here across from each other on the path. Oh. And you should go and make a stealth check just to make sure we're not doing anything crazy as we move through this area. Okay. So this one's a lot better. We're looking at a 22 here. Yeah. And like I said, these are these arrow slits to you are very obvious. Nothing I even had to make you roll for. So as soon as you kind of notice that the geography is changing a bit, you do get a bit more careful and you're signaling to Scratch to do the same. Now, is that passive perception? Is that where that comes in? Um, in this case, it's not even attempted to be hidden. So normally, yes, though. If you aren't saying that you're keeping an eye out for such things, it would be passive. Got it. Perception or passive investigation. Right. Both of those are really high for me. Right. It feels like. Yeah. No, you are, you're in good shape. (laughs) You don't have to be actively telling me you're looking for very much. You'll be fine. She's just really observant. So what you notice at this sort of junction where the sewer kind of, there's like kind of a column in the middle where you can see that there are grates at the bottom of it that are spewing out new liquid mess. <laughs> so yeah. it's basically a pipe that's coming right. down. I right? mean, we are in the sewers, yeah. so it's new sewage. Yes. Um, <laughs> the sewer tunnel kind of goes around that pipe in a circle. Mm-hmm. And so what you'll notice is that there are passages that head to the north um, and the south from the way that you've entered. Okay. Hmm. I guess the uh, the gazer didn't get a chance to complete its mission. So can we see the remnants of any yellow markings on either of these tunnel walls? In this area, you haven't noticed any new markings. Um, 
But if you do want to look around a bit more, you can certainly make a perception check. I do want to look around a bit more. Okay. Eh, that's an eight. All right. Um, are you giving, I know you're still not used to this. Are you giving Scratch any instruction oh, or anything yeah. like that? Right. I should definitely fill in Scratch mm-hmm. on, on what I'm doing here. Let's have a look around. Maybe we can see one of those markings that's been washed away. All right. So Scratch is helping you, which means you have advantage on your roll. Oh, okay. That is 11. 15. All right. 15 is just enough for you as Scratch is helping you with the kind of the higher parts of the wall and you're looking at the lower parts of the wall. Between the two of you, you notice the very faint outline in the stone that tells you that there is a secret door Ooh. on the south side of this tunnel. Good job, Scratch. And uh, I'll start to check it out, investigate their whatever um, dungeoneering, lockpicking type of roguey whatnot I have going on here to examine this hidden door. All right. So it looks, I mean, much the same way that when you were in the Zentrum warehouse, there was sort of that um, secret door in the warehouse that you just kind of pushed it in. This looks very similar where it, it, from the outside, from the tunnel side, it's supposed to look relatively seamless because the hinges are on the other side. It just pushes Mm -hmm. inward. Mm -hmm. All right. Come on, scratch. Let's get this thing open, but take it easy. We're going to gently, ever so gently, slowly ease this hidden door open. Take a peek. So what might be hidden beyond. As you open the door, which again, like many of the doors you've encountered so far, moves very silently. Um, whoever operates in these regions, they kind of, it's either in very high use or they just know what they're doing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And as you open it, you can see that the secret door opens into this sort of little antechamber, almost like a mudroom of sorts. Oh. And there's a door, a standard door up ahead of you. Okay. The room that you're in is just a bit over five feet long. So this uh, is really just kind of a between door between the secret door and whatever is beyond. A vestibule, yes, if you will. Exactly. And there's nothing in here but maybe, a, I don't know, a bench or something. Not, Not even that. Really... You can see that there is um, a little bit of like splashes of the putrid sewage that you've been slogging through in this sort of area. Um, that's heavier near the door and lesser towards the inner door. Okay. Well, it's time to stomp the muck and mud. We'll say it's mud. <laughs> you tell yourself in your head, it's mud. It's just mud. And as you stomp that off of your boots as quietly as you can, tapping them against the wall, maybe let's check out that other door okay. and see if it's locked. Yeah. Um, do you want to make an investigation check to give it a good once over? Yeah, let's give it a good once over here. All right. 14. Yeah. So as you examine the door, it seems to be pretty standard. You don't notice anything in the way of like a lock or a trap. It seems that they were really relying on this, the door from the tunnel side to disguise this location that, and no one being in the sewers who really gives a shit about that. I mean, right. The, yeah, the, the dung 
like guild is not dung sweepers guild is not <laughs> trying to open random doors right. in the sewers right. they're, they're they're finishing the work day and then they're hitting the bar i mean yeah you know much love to they're up uh, at the spouting fish <laughs> D, yeah, dsg's local number 526 yeah <laughs> like, you know, much love to them but they're not down there to look for hidden shit like that so yep. <laughs> all right are you going through the door are you opening it well we checked it out it's not locked right let's ease this open first a selfie no first let's uh listen to see what we can hear okay could make a perception check as well then scratch why are you i mean can you hear anything over there i'm gonna have scratch help me on this one okay so you have advantage with both of you leaning against the door in a comic fashion where yeah. scratch's ear hole is higher and yours is lower on the yeah. door I'm standing at full height, and so is he, and we're just perfectly matched. Okay, this one is jacked. I'm going to re-roll that. All right, cool. And that is a 14. All right. So you don't hear anything on the other side of the door. Cool. Hmm. Seems clear. Let's check it out. We're going to ease this door open just a tiny fingernail's breadth and peer through. All right. When you do, that fingernail's breadth doesn't like to see anything. <laughs> so let's increase that to 2.5 fingernail's breadth. Okay. So <laughs> what you can see is that there is what appears to be a basically an empty room beyond, but it's much larger than the vestibule that you're in. It appears to be a bit of a hub you do notice um, that there seem to be other doorways from this room. And in the middle of the room is a stone pillar carved with a small symbol, which you can make out with your dark vision as being a perfect circle with 10 equidistant spokes radiating outward from its circumference. And in the middle of the circle is a smaller circular indentation that looks a bit like a lidless eye. It's just like a little indent that's sort of eye-shaped. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's all starting to come together, Scratch. Oh, no, it's fine. <laughs> but you do notice that from this room, as you're looking around, there is sort of the little vestibule that you were in. Directly to your left, there's a doorway. And then deeper into this room where the column is, there's another doorway to the left of that column. So a little bit farther in. There is a double door directly across from you all the way across the room. And then there's another door kind of on the right side as well. So there are four different doors to choose from. So the single doors are left, farther left and right, and then double doors straight across. Okay, so we're going to knock out the one on the right first. That That's the one I'm eyeing right now. Okay. It's like skirt the wall to the door on the right and check that one out. All right, so moving around to that door, it's another door very similar to the one you came through from the secret door. So kind of a standard door. You can see the hinges on this side, and again, like the other doors you've been dealing with, they look very well maintained. But no obvious lock or anything on the door. Yeah, let's listen at this door, too. All right, percept away. Come on, Scratch. Let's see what we can hear here. All right. Well, that's lucky. 
Okay. Uh, that's a dirty 20. Dirty 20. There's silence on the other side of this door. Okay. And same thing. Crack it open. Just a butt hair and look through it. So opening the door a little bit, what immediately you notice is kind of the smell of like dank straw. Mm-hmm. And as you do open the door a little bit more, you see that it's kind of these straw pallets, like what you would consider like bedding areas. Mm-hmm. But you also notice like rusty manacles bolted to the walls. Mm. Well, but otherwise, nothing in here. But it looks to be unoccupied, so we'll go ahead and shut it again. And hugging the wall mm-hmm. ever so stealthily back to the other side, we'll check out the first door on the left. Okay. Are you... Talk to me about your approach to the door again. Are you doing the same thing? Yeah. All right, go ahead and perceive, please. Same thing, tried and true. But, you know, and, and as, as we repeat actions like this, I feel like Scratch and I kind of fall into a routine. So as with the marking of the chalk, listening at doors kind of becomes uh, that same sort of routine. Where I put my ear to the door, Scratch puts his ear to the door, and we both listen. I mean, does that sound fair? No, it's fair. Okay. Sweet. Uh, 21. Okay. With a 21, you can hear soft snoring. And it's a very familiar sound to you. I'm going to say because you're over 21. You know this is specifically the soft snoring of one goblin. Oh. (laughs) I can almost tell if... uh, we're related (laughs) (laughs) all right let's uh crack the door open again and peer in see what we're dealing with here so what you see is a goblin with a little short bow on its lap and it's sitting on a stool that it's supposed to be using to be able to see through the arrow slot that you noticed earlier But it is not looking through that arrow slot. <laughs> it is right. sleeping. Dang. If only I had kept some of, some extra fish, I could have brought this goblin, you know, lunch. And, uh, you know, just explained away that it's a new perk of working for the company. And, uh, you know, lunch delivery. Sadly... I did not save any, so I'm not going to be able to make that uh, that deception. So you're cho- you have many choices, but some of the more obvious ones is obviously this goblin is undefended. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, this goblin is asleep. Right. So, I mean, up to you what you'd like to do. I'd like to look around the room, first of all. Is there anything in here that we need to uh, be interested in? 
No, it's a rather, I mean, surprisingly large watch post. It looks like it's really designed for having a couple of larger creatures here. One probably manning the arrow slot and another to either relieve it or to act as like backup to run to other areas. But it's a little undermanned right now, having a single short goblin in it um, that has fallen asleep. (laughs) So are there any other like doors leading into here other than the one I came in? No, what you do notice besides the door you came in through is that there are actually two arrow slits in this room. One looking out that you noticed into the sewer, main sewer line in that sort of circular area. Mm -hmm. Um, And the other actually looking into the vestibule near the secret door. Obviously, neither of them are being manned. Right. Okay. Uh, I'd like to um, motion for Scratch to stay where he is. And tiptoe sneaky up to this sleeping goblin. And did you roll stealth? That is a 20 as pure as virgin driven snow. (laughs) Yeah, there is no sound. (laughs) The sound of the creeping sewage outside is louder than your footsteps. (laughs) It's, It's almost too quiet <laughs> yeah you unsound <laughs> right. through the room awesome so creeping up to this sleeping goblin like a contrary to her race's reputation is not a monster she's not just gonna murk this dude for no reason plus she knows i know that this goblin's just another working goblin trying to make his way in the world, you know? So, with a, uh, sorry about this, she's gonna bonk him over the head with the hilt of one of her daggers in a Hollywood knockout. Because you can do that in fiction where you just (laughs) knock someone out by blunt force trauma to the head and they wake up two hours later. No problem. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, yeah, she's going to go for the Hollywood knockout coup de grace style. You know, not not lethal damage, you know. Just the bonk to knock him out. And then tie him up and gag him with his own socks. Just so as, as kind of a, hey, you know, if we're going to do a job, do it right. Like, right. Quit, quit slacking off, buddy. All right. So... No role necessary. The creature is unconscious. Um, you give a quick bonk. You're already moving silently. You like cradle the goblin's head as like they slide down the stool onto the floor. Um, and their snoring increases. Mm. Snoring increasifies. And then I feel like it's just kind of child's play to tie him up gag him with his own socks just because I don't want him joining the fray if Mm -hmm. it comes to that. All right. And then on we go. Sweet. Go to the next room. So the remaining door on this side, unless you go back out through the secret door and look for other entrances is the big double doors. Oh, at the other side of the room. Yeah. Let's check those out. Same, same. All right. Sneak up. Percept, please. Oh, wait, I have advantage on this though because of scratch. Okay, uh, 15. All right. As you listen, you're 
delicate yet large pointed ear against the door. You hear the sound. I mean, you'd, it's sort of like the sound of a struggle, but it's very one-sided. There is some gruff, low, sort of demanding tones. Um, and then a wet thud Ooh. and whimpering. Oh, dang. Okay. Hmm. Oh, geez, scratch. I wonder what's going on. I almost can't help myself as I crack open the door to see what's taking place on the other side of it. What you note is on the wall across from you, um, threadbare curtains hang along the wall of this long hall that you see beyond these double doors. And in the middle of the hall, you see a muscular half-orc in dingy robes standing with his foot on the chest of a male human with wavy red blonde hair, which by description you note is Floon, most likely. That's our guy. Fire burns around the orc's clenched fist, and the victim, which you assume is Floon, cries and squirms helplessly beneath him. You notice there's a raised platform to the right of the door that you've opened, but you can't quite see what might be there. And that's where we're going to stop for today. Oh, dang it. I need to run up and ambush that guy while he's, you know, I've got him caught flat footed. I need to run up and, oh, man. Okay. Okay. Half work. Your days are numbered, just so you know. And that number is zero because you're rounding out your last one. (laughs) All right. We're going to stop here for now. In the bonus episode, we'll talk a little bit about what you think um, about this piece and what might be going on. But for now, once again, we'd love to say thank you to Alan, our new cool patron. Yeah, man. Goes a long way. Thanks, Alan. And we are going to wrap this one up and see what happens next time. Although there's going to be a bit of a delay because we're going to be getting into... The Expanse RPG. The Expanse. So oh, this is a little expanse. bit of a cliffhanger. Yeah, a little bit. But it's not going to be a year long like no. like saga or anything like that. We're, we'll, we'll be back yep. sooner rather than later. All right. Until next time, everyone. Spend your rage wisely. Or don't. I mean, what's the worst that could happen? You get knocked out by a laser gazer. <laughs>